Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi everyone. Hi everyone. I'm Kelly. I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. And you have found us. We are Hymn Talk Twin Talk. And we are so excited that we are starting the Christmas season. Yes. Now, Carrie, have you started Christmas shopping yet? I ordered a couple of things online. You but did. no, I would I, barely. I mean, I would okay. barely. I would say it's barely. It okay. was almost something I wanted to buy anyway. Yeah. And now I'll just save it. Like I either shop in August or December. There's no in between. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but actually, I really want to get my Christmas cards out. Oh. I I gotta get that going. And there's I don't so know if I want to do cards. You do. Oh. I love cards. <laughs> <sighs> So yes, we are in the Christmas season, but really it's not the Christmas season, right. it's the Advent, Advent season. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we are in Advent, Thanksgiving is over, I'm sure a lot of people have already got their trees and their deck, I mean the houses are already beautifully decorated. I don't feel like I've remembered seeing such decorations like the Thanksgiving weekend. I think it's because of the pandemic yeah. and people, people just want to be festive and light and bright mm -hmm. earlier. Why right. not? Yeah, we are totally looking forward to this Christmas season. Mm -hmm. And, of course, for many families, it's going to look different. Mm, yes. But we just find the joy in everything. And truly, the, the reason for the season yeah. is Jesus' birth. And we can celebrate his birth during a pandemic. Of course that, we can. That does not change. And, you know, the church tradition is that we celebrate Advent, mm. which basically means, like, waiting mm -hmm. or and preparing for Jesus' birth. So between right. now and December 24th, Third, right. we're, waiting. we're waiting, and on December 24th, Jesus Christ is born, and then that starts the Christmas season, okay. and that's where we have, you know, the 12 days of Christmas. Just The Christmas season lasts after December 25th. So we are <clears throat> celebrating Advent. Yes. We, are, we have an Advent hymn today. Yes. But we are talking about the Christmas carols in these future episodes. True. Now, we have our poll going. Right. So we have a poll on Facebook and Twitter. Please vote if you haven't done it yet. This is our first listener-generated hymn. Right. So we, we've given you a choice of five, which right. all, all five are awesome. Right. Kelly, what are the five hymns So we again? have Joy to the World, Silent Night, Angels We Have Heard on High, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, and What Child Is This? Excellent. And, and I we, would do any of them. Yeah. Do we have a front runner already? The front runner right now is What Child Is This? So if you want us to do something different, you better get your vote in. You better, you better make sure your voice is heard. <laughs> you know, if you want to give us a recommendation for a right. hymn for outside of the Christmas season, we would love to hear your thoughts there, too. Exactly. Because January, February, those months are going to hit, and we're going to need... Ideas. I know. My husband said, when are you going to do, like, How Great Thou Art? And I was like, okay, are you suggesting it? Are you recommending it? Make it official. <laughs> Send us an email. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we are in Advent. All right, so I have uh, some Advent questions for you, Kelly. Do you, should we do a little Advent pop quiz? I mean, I don't know if I'm such an expert on Advent, but <laughs> I actually feel like you'll know all of these. Really? Okay. Yeah, okay. Kelly is. I feel like I should, like, have Google ready. No, so. don't dare. <laughs> Can you believe her, you guys? Okay, Kelly, first question. On what day of the week does Advent begin? I would say Sunday. 
Yes, you are right. And oh. we have our, we just had our first Sunday of Advent. That's right. So do you know a little trivia question for you, Carrie? My, it's my turn <laughs> to give you trivia. What is the candle that we light on the first Sunday? Um, hope. That is right. Yay. Okay. Okay. What is the liturgical color used during most of Advent? That would be purple. You got it. Mm-hmm. I knew you would get these mm-hmm. right. I knew you would get these right. Okay. Some churches use blue. Like 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 a royal blue? Like what no, kind of blue? Like a, no, like a purpley blue. Like a royal blue. Like a kingly blue. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a real color. <laughs> the Advent candles are purple. Right. And the center Christ candle is white. Right. But some churches do blue candles. Interesting. That's all. Okay. Um, how about this one? The liturgical color used during the third week of Advent. That's pink. Yes. You know all of these. Okay. That's joy. And that's joy in the midst of suffering. Okay. I mean, I'm kind of an expert on Advent. I mean, she's been planning our Advent worship services for like a thousand years. <laughs> Not <so>. a thousand. <laughs> so I kind of thought she would know this. Yeah. All right. Our last one. A traditional Advent hymn. Mm. Fill in the blank. Yes. Oh, come. Oh, come. Emmanuel. <laughs> that's right. And... I was hoping, I'm hoping our listeners answered that last right, one too, right. because this is probably the most well known, probably one, one of the most well known Advent hymns, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and that's the one we're doing Yay! today. <laughs> yep, most popular, I think, most well known, mm-hmm. um, and it has the word Emmanuel right in it, right in it. which means God, God with us. us. And of course, so that's basically saying God coming down and being with us, the incarnation. I mean, this is another old one, carrying Two old, old hymns in a row. But this is even older than Now Thank We All Our God. And it's another hymn that was in a different language. Mm-hmm. So we actually have the, this information on the translator. Right. Again, I love that. And me too. Yeah. I think being able to translate and still you know, capture the spirit of the song and still make it rhyme. Like, I think that is so awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of my favorite musicals is Les Miserables. Right. And to think that that whole brilliant musical was originally in a different language and how they created our English version, to me, is amazing. That is so impressive. But you have to remember that this song in Latin was sung in Latin for centuries. Centuries. I mean, Latin was the language of the church. Right. And, I mean, we already said that it's super old. But, I mean, it is so old that we really don't have the information on Mm -hmm. the hymn writers. No. I mean, who actually wrote it and who sang that tune first? Right. There's no information. There are some sources that say that this dates back to, like, the 8th century. Right. Did you see even I saw 8th century. I saw 8th century, and we know that at that time it was a chant. Mm-hmm. We know um, that it was even had a different notation system. I mean, our right. musical nerd moment here. Always fun. <laughs> I mean, our current musical notation system has a staff of five lines. Right, right. Way back when there were only four lines, and I've tried to like look at it and I don't make know sense how. of it. I don't know how you would. Right. So it's so old. It's It was sung in Latin. It was a Gregorian chant. Right. Well, and they called it a plain song. Mm-hmm. So a plain song, was a, it, it's kind of like a form of chant. Right. Chant is definitely sung without instruments and without harmony. Okay. But plain song, I think, evolves out of there okay. and can have some harmony. And this song in particular, this hymn, has beautiful harmony. Right. So it makes sense that at some point it, it evolved out of there. Right. But definitely in the beginning, it was a chant. M&M's, always fun. 
So if you're in a church that still has the priest or the minister chanting some parts of the liturgy, you know, it's a chant. There's no music written out. It's meant to be completely in unison. Yep. And you know that after you hear it a few times, you could sing along. Right. You know, you can sing along. So that's what would end up happening with these chants. People knew the tunes. So a part of me does think that that tune, you know, was passed on. And the the hymn that we know now maybe isn't that far away from what it originally was. But, of course, we don't know. It traveled through generations simply by people singing it and remembering it. And then, of course, when manuscripts came and it became written, Mm -hmm. and now, of course, we have a a standard harmony that we use and we have a structure with the verse and the refrain. So now it's definitely, we we would just call it a hymn. Right. I mean, if you think about it, there were probably thousands of Gregorian chants that would have been sung over the centuries that have just been forgotten. But this is one that has stayed and it still is current. Yeah. In fact, I just would like to talk about a few professional singers who've made their own recordings of it. Way more than I ever thought there would be. Mm Mm-hmm. Whitney Houston, Bette Bette Midler, Neil Diamond, Kelly Clarkson, Jessica Simpson, Linda Ronstadt, Trisha Yearwood. This song has been recorded by so many people. Now, there's one huge surprise to me in this list of people who've recorded the song. (laughs) Do you know the one I'm talking about? I mean, I'm thinking, is it like Metallica? (laughs) It is absolutely bizarre. Michael Jackson. It is so weird that this person recorded a Christmas album. Okay, let's hear it. William Shatner. Oh. And he doesn't sing. He just speaks these songs. <laughs> and other people sing around him. Oh, God. It is so he's, weird. He's a funny guy. I it mean, is so strange. It must I, have been some weird publicity stunt. But, like, I went to Amazon to look at the album, and, mm-hmm. and people love the album. They're like, he needs to do another one. This is the best thing I've ever heard. It's very strange. So I would love to find a way to share this okay. on our social media. I mean, that must be people who are, like, Star Trek fans. So definitely... Mainstream. I, I love mean, it. people are recording the song and people are listening to it. And yeah, Amy Grant. I mean, a lot, a lot of people have recorded this song. And it's still being sung at churches. I mean, mm-hmm. I would imagine that most churches around the globe would be singing a version of this song either this Sunday or next Sunday. Right. So what we found out is that when we dug a little, there yeah. are seven original verses. Right. Seven. And we only sing four. We sing four. I imagine most churches sing four. Well, you know, at the Catholic school that I work at, yeah. when we were doing this hymn for our lessons and carols, mm-hmm. they were all seven verses. So I think it's based on, like, your church tradition. Mm-hmm. You know, our church really wouldn't have a song that had more than four verses. Right. And I think that having all seven gives you a little bit of flexibility. You, We're going to be talking about this later, but you could be singing a verse a week. Right. You know, a verse a week, a verse on Christmas Eve, a verse on Christmas Day. I right. mean, you could keep singing it. But we're, I mean, we'll show you all the seven verses, yeah. but for now, so we'll sing verse one. Now, I mean, a chant really wouldn't have had a refrain. Right. So it, it's interesting to know when this refrain came along, but it is verse one and the refrain that we all know right now. And as we get into the podcast, we'll share a little bit about the other verses. Does okay. that sound okay? Yeah, let's do verse one. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lowly exile here. 
until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. So the Catholic Church has been singing this antiphon. What's that? <laughs> since What's like that? the eighth century. What's All right, that? antiphon. Okay, Do you called... know the word antiphon? Carrie? Antiphon. I mean, antiphon. I remember learning this word, but I forget. It's a it's a form of a song, isn't so, it? So antiphon is a short sentence sung or chanted before or after the psalm. Okay. And originally, it was sung by alternating choirs. Mm-hmm. So ha- you've heard the term antiphonal singing. Right. We've done antiphonal singing in our church. Have, do you right. remember? Where one choir would be in the choir loft and one right. would be outside and they would kind of go back and forth. Right. That was a practice that was done very often in these old, old churches right. where, you know, they had nothing to do but write music and, and practice and right. sing. And come up with really fun ways to <laughs> yep. present it. So um, that was the original. But then it was just this short sentence that was mm-hmm. sung. Mm-hmm. And l- the Latin liturgy is full of antiphons for Mm -hmm. different seasons, for different weeks. You know, there's just everywhere. But these antiphons are called the O antiphons Mm -hmm. because they always start with the word O. Each verse starts with O. Okay. And they're also called the great antiphons. And I think, and that's just because they've been around for so long and they're just like a real, real bulwark of the Catholic liturgy. You know, this, these O antiphons that are done in Latin. And then, you know, sometimes things would just die out and you wouldn't keep doing them. But Mm -hmm. no, they translated them into the new language and now they're still being sung. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that's cool about these O antiphons there's originally seven of them. Now, we know that in our hymnal, we only have four, but mm-hmm. there were originally seven. And they would be done each night in the liturgy starting on December 17th. So you would have the 17th, 18th, 19th, 20, 21, 22, 23. Okay. What would you do on the 24th? And on 24, they would do the last O antiphon, which is O Virgo Virginum which is translated to be, O Virgin of Virgins. And it would be sung after or before the Song of Mary from Luke on Christmas Eve. And we don't know these tunes, right? Right. How would we know these tunes? We don't know. We like to think they're somewhat similar to what we do now because O Come, O Come, Emmanuel does sort of have a chant-like feel to it. Absolutely. So that refrain wouldn't have been done. It would just be the seven verses, and it would be one a day. Right. Each verse was sung in Latin. Each verse started with O. Each verse named Jesus something, okay. you know, and you can yeah. see it. It's the wisdom. Right. You know, there's something right. that we're day, naming him. Day spring. The root of Jesse's stem. Mm-hmm. And so if you took all of the antiphons in the order that they were written, so O sapienta, which is Latin for wisdom, that's O and the letter S. O, the second day is O Adonai, mm. which is A. It's a Hebrew word for God. If you keep going, and maybe we'll share this carry on our social yeah, media, yeah. 
The first letter of each one makes an acrostic poem. So, so awesome. Do we, do, does everyone remember acrostic poems from school? I think so. Like when you say, oh, do an acrostic poem for Thanksgiving. Right. And you have to name all the things you're thankful for. T might be you're thankful for your turkey. Right. Or and your, H, you're thankful for your health. Exactly. And if you read the poem across, you see what you're thankful for. But if you read the poem down, right. it is the word Thanksgiving. So it, creatively, amazingly, the first letters of each of these verses in reverse order. Okay. Going from the bottom to the top. So from seventh verse to the first verse. Yep. It spells erocras. E-R-O-C-R-A-S. Okay. Meaning, I will be present tomorrow. Aw. I mean, and, the, and it ends on the 23rd. Right. I will be present tomorrow. Tomorrow. So they have these seven sort of names for Jesus mm -hmm. and each word for the name spells this out. Yes. I, I will, will be, be present, present tomorrow. tomorrow. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. So and when, when we translate it into English, Carrie, right. we do lose that we, acrostic poem. And we've also lost it because we really don't do all seven. In our church, we only do four. There is no sense right. of... And who knows? Maybe it was... we. Let's drop some of these verses because we don't need... We aren't doing the acrostic right. poem. Why do we need it? But we're going to show you how each verse really does match up with... With that Latin word With, of the name exactly. of Jesus. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. so cool. All right, so looking at verse 1, which mm -hmm. is, I think, the one that is most popular and most yeah. people would recognize. Sure. And it has the name of the title, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Yeah. That's the only time we hear O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, right. and that's the title of the hymn. Mm-hmm. All right, so, of course, we're looking at these words. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible... Where does this come from in the Bible? So... I think that what is so interesting is that our first verse about mm -hmm. Emmanuel mm -hmm. is actually the seventh verse. It's the one they sing last. Right. Because it's the one that they sing, he will be here tomorrow. You're finishing that acrostic poem with that last letter, so it completes the sentence, he will be here tomorrow. Across. It's O Emmanuel, O Emmanuel. Mm -hmm. We sing it, and it's the first one. Right. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God appear. We sing it first. We sing it first. They sing it last. I know, it kind of makes sense first. It does. It does. <laughs> All right. So this, of course, is right from Isaiah. We're hearing the prophecy about Jesus' birth. Yeah, let's hear Isaiah it. Isaiah 7.14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child mm. and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Now, Emmanuel is this word we've talked about before. Yeah. It translates to be God with us. Mm -hmm. So this is not a, a word that is actually translated in the Bible or translated for these hymns. We don't sing, O come, O come, God, God with, with us, us. Right. we sing the actual word. And so this okay. is called transliteration. What's that? <laughs> transliteration. Okay. Yeah. And so it's not translating the meaning of the word, but it's just taking the word, you know, with whatever alphabet characters that it has in its original language and kind of making it right. work in the new language. Giving it. So our English alphabet will will translate it yeah. for us. We yeah. don't have to worry about what it means. We just have to worry about what it sounds, sounds like. like. Yeah. Okay. And so if I say Emmanuel, someone who speaks French will know Emmanuel. We'll still know. Yeah. Right. And I thought it was interesting because it I've seen it spelled with the E I and know. the I. Right. And so I really wanted to know what the Bible said about what that. What does the Bible <laughs> say? 
So does the Bible tell us to use E or I? Well, this is really interesting. (laughs) Which Bible translation do you prefer? Because the King James Version, you know, old King James, trustworthy, he uses Emmanuel with an E. Okay. But ESV, NIV, NKJV, New Living, they all use Emmanuel with an I. So they all, like, changed it. Mm-hmm. Because those translations came, came after. after. It's because they knew a little bit more. Because if you're saying the word E, you know, in Latin, that would have been an I. Right. You know, because right. I is E. Um, and, ben, and then what I thought was most interesting, and, you know, some of our Bible scholar listeners might know a little bit more about these yeah. translations. Okay. But the New English translation, mm-hmm. the N-E-T, mm-hmm. uses both. In the I. Old Testament, it uses the oh. I. And in the New Testament, it uses the E. How's that for a fun fact? <laughs> that is totally a fun fact. I know. I mean, I'm not even into, like, translations and right, stuff. I right. just want to know the word. Right. But that is really interesting. Right. So, again, you're changing the letters from one alphabet into mm-hmm. the the um, letters of another alphabet. Right. And you're trying to get them to correspond by the sound. By the sound. Can you think of any other word that we say that is transliterated but not translated? No, I can't think of one. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I wonder if our listeners can think of some. There's some Bible words. There's some Bible words that we see in the Bible that we do not translate. We just say the way. Right. Is that like Jehovah? I mean, we talked about we Jehovah. We talked about Jehovah. So we much. did. Another one. Another one that we're more clear of how it's spelled. From the Bible? Like Alleluia. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hallelujah. And again, that's another one that's spelled right. weirdly. Sometimes it sometimes has the H. Sometimes you see a J in it. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you it's don't. A. Yep. Yep. Because it's just being transliterated. It's right. just trying to sound like All right. It. So what other words, like not in the Bible? Okay. How about karate? Karate. Karate. <laughs> <laughs> how about the word in the Bible that I think is so interesting that never was translated mm-hmm. is manna. From the Old Testament. Well, I mean, we do call it bread of heaven. No. no yeah, but that's just in, describing it. In the Bible, it describes what manna is. So mm-hmm. we know mm-hmm. what it is. They said, they we, they found this thing that rained from heaven, this bread. And the Israelites said, what is it? And the answer was just manna. manna. Yeah. So anyways, if you have some transliterated words that you know of, you, I don't know. Have to, with, you know, there's so many. Yeah. And especially if you speak a foreign language, you probably right, know. You know more. Yeah. Let's start a trend. Let's start a trend. <laughs> Hashtag, Hashtag transliteration. transliteration. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go back to this verse one. I love that about Emmanuel. I did mm-hmm. not know that. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, so we have the prophecy in Isaiah. Yes. And then, of course, we see it come true in Matthew, verse chapter 1, verse 23. It's written, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and mm-hmm. they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, in the refrain, we see rejoice, rejoice. Right. Emmanuel shall come to thee. We're talking, he's talking to Israel. Right. He's saying it's gonna, he's going to come to you. And Luke chapter 2, verse 10 to 12, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. So that's rejoice, rejoice. Mm. That's what we're rejoicing about this, this good news. Right. And for we, everyone. For everyone. And we see that um, after every verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So our verse one mm-hmm. is verse seven in the orig- okay. in the Catholic liturgy. Okay. I feel like if I were listening to this podcast, I would want to take notes because I'm I know. confused. Verse seven is our verse one. 
We're using our hymnal. It's ver- it's um, the worship hymnal, and we're gonna th- we're gonna look at the four verses that are included, and then we'll look at the three that aren't. Okay. Okay. So verse two is calling Jesus Dayspring. O come, thou Dayspring. Let's sing it. O come, thou Dayspring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night, and death's dark shadows put to flight. What a great Verse. Yeah. I love how that's like about the light. Jesus right. came as the light of as the world. As the light, but to bring us joy. Mm-hmm. I mean, no more gloomy clouds. No more night. I love it. I love that it's about light because mm-hmm. we say that a lot. And what mm-hmm. are we doing on the Advent Sundays in worship? Right. We're lighting candles. Lighting candles. And of course... The birth of Jesus was was symbolized by that light. Right. Everybody was, you know, they looked to the heavens. They saw mm-hmm. the star. So, of course, we have Luke chapter 1, verses 76 through 79. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give to his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise from on high will visit us to shine upon those who Mm. sit in darkness. Mm. I mean, it's right there. There's your light. Mm. We also see this in the book of Numbers, chapter 24, verse 17. It says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come forth from Jacob. A scepter shall rise Mm. from Israel. Mm. So... This is all the, and of course we see light as as God being the light, we Jesus being the light. We see it all, all through the, the New Testament. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is what that verse is about. Mm. It's a good verse. It's a good verse, and of course it's included in our hymnal. Yeah. And if we started looking through a whole bunch of hymnals, my guess is that this one would be included. Mm-hmm. It has all the Christmas imagery that we're that we're used to. Right. And of course, Jesus is referred to in Revelation as the bright morning star. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Verse three. This is the one about wisdom. Ah, yes. And this is the first one in the original Catholic O antiphons. So let's sing verse three. Okay. If you're looking at your hymnal, verse three, it's the one about wisdom. Right. Oh, come thou wisdom from on high. And order all things far and nigh. To us the path of knowledge show. And cause us in her ways to go. I mean, so many things in the Bible I know. about... Um, now remember, we're, this is about wisdom. coming. This is about inviting God to come, mm-hmm. waiting for Him to come, and pleading for Him to come. And what are we asking for at this point? Wisdom. Wisdom. What wisdom. does the Bible say? <laughs> we haven't been doing that. I know. But every verse comes right from the Bible. So right. here we have in First Corinthians chapter one verse thirty. But by His doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom of God. Mm. So, I mean, that's just so great because it really is looking at God the Father, mm-hmm. God the Son. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm hearing God the Holy Spirit there. Yeah. You know, um, to us the path of knowledge show mm-hmm. and cause us in her ways to go. That's the Holy Spirit guiding us right. in our life. Right. 
So it's so neat that it kind of t- told that whole story in just that one verse. Yeah. All right. So this is the final verse of uh, in of our, our hymnal. hymnal. So verse this four. is we're calling Jesus the desire of nations. Right. All right, so do you want to sing with us verse four? Yeah. This is the last, again, the last one in our hymnal. Yeah. But we're going to go through the other three, We're going to show you them. Yeah. All right. Oh, come desire of nations bind all peoples in one heart and mind. Bid envy, strife, and quarrel cease. Fill the whole world with heaven's peace. So I see why that was chosen as yeah. last. It's kind of like this last prayer mm-hmm. for our world mm-hmm. that we would have unity, yeah. that we would have peace. Yeah. And Jesus came to bring peace. I know. In Ephesians chapter 2, Uh-oh. <laughs> verses 14 to 16, it says, For he himself is our peace. Mm-hmm who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of times I actually pick O Come, O Come, Emmanuel yeah. as the, a hymn for the second Sunday of Advent because the second Sunday is peace. Okay. And it's I feel like that's that final statement, like Jesus is coming, bring your peace. Right. Okay, so we've come to the end of our hymnal. Right, so let's get to this extra three. Now, for some of our listeners, we're going to share these three verses that they may never have heard before. Right, right. So this is verse five, and I love what it has to say, but it is a little awkward with the English translation. And, you know, maybe just Mm. hearing it, you can see maybe why it wasn't chosen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, we're going to try to sing it for you, okay? And you listen to what might not sound completely right about it. Oh, come, oh, key of David, come. And open wide our heavenly home. Make safe for us the heavenward road. And bar the way to death's abode. So what do you think, Carrie? I mean, that is, it's definitely harder to sing because it has a couple of extra syllables. Mm-hmm. But we also, you know, don't love those rhymes that, you know, we're rhyming come and with home. home you and, know. and the heavenly and the heaven word are just awkward. Maybe people don't know this term. I know, key of David. What does the Bible say? <laughs> so what is it? It comes right from Isaiah. I mean, we have a lot of prophecy about Jesus right. in Isaiah. Right. And Isaiah 22, 22. He says, I will place on his shoulder the key of the house of David. Oh. He shall open and none shall shut, and he shall shut and none shall open. <laughs> this key of David is spoken of again in Revelation. I find that the two kind right. of go hand in hand a lot. Revelation 3, 7, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, the words of the Holy One, the true one who has the key of David, who <laughs> opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one will open. Wow. Same yeah. exact thing. Yeah. So, wow. so that key of David, it's there. It's in the Bible. But, you know, if I told you to list the 10 names of Jesus, you know, would right. you ever say key of David? No, you probably, know, probably not. not. Yeah. Most yeah. people wouldn't. Okay. So this next verse, it's all about the law, right? right. The law of, that was handed to Moses. So I can see why this one has been excluded. It's actually really hard to sing and like follow the the Mm -hmm. line of the melody with the words. Mm -hmm. So let's try it. Okay. 
Tribes on Sinai's height in ancient times did give the law in cloud and majesty and awe. All right, this is giving Moses the law. Right, and I actually, I could see why it was excluded, but I love it. I love when a hymn actually tells the Bible story. Right. And this is the story from Exodus when Moses went up to Mount Sinai Mm -hmm. and God met him there and gave him the law and he went back down and and told the the rest of the Israelites. You know, that's, I mean, that's a biblical truth right there and should be included in our hymns. But I mean, the editors of the hymnal are saying this is an Advent hymn. Yes. And you could eliminate that <laughs> right, one. Because it true. really isn't about Advent. That I mean, it's true. great. And it that talks about, true. it's about Jesus, yeah. the bringer of law. But, mm-hmm. you know, really it's not Advent. <laughs> it's not Advent, is it? <laughs> All right. So the next one. The last one. Make a decision for yourself. Make a judgment for yourself of why it wasn't included. Okay? Right. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, come, oh, branch of Jesse's stem, unto your own and rescue them. From depths of hell your people save, and give them victory o'er the grave. All right, so this is... Yes. Oh, root of Jesse's stem. We're talking about the lineage of Jesus. Uh, I love when they say this in the Bible because right. it was Jesus was born. He was the lineage of King David, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and King David is Jesse's son. Right. So it went even a little bit further right. back. It was the branch off of Jesse's tree. Right. And I can see why that was excluded. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's like totally common and accessible information. And even the word STEM, it Mm. could be like, are we really talking about a person or could we be talking about a plant? I know. I mean, I I think it's hard. And the language is hard. I mean, you need to like dig in and talk to, you know, people who know the Bible. Isaiah 11.1, it says a shoot will come up Mm. from the stump of Jesse. Wait, I'm not done. <laughs> From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. Right. I mean, there's a lot of, like, plant and nature imagery right. that I think you need to, like, dig into. And, you know, when people say, I don't read the Bible, it's confusing. It's these kinds of passages right. that they're talking about. And when we talk about old hymns and mm-hmm. people don't want to sing them because they don't know what they mean, I mean, this is that, too. Yes. Like, who wants to sing that when you're not really 100% sure what it means? So we yeah. have a little bit of neat information of how mm-hmm. this hymn has stayed throughout the centuries. Mm-hmm. It really for all intents and purposes, should have just been forgotten or lost. And it could have been. I mean, it wasn't even written down. I mean, people didn't even know it. So there's been this, you know, sort of like a scavenger hunt to find the information on this tune, right? So there's this (laughs) man in the late 1800s named Thomas Helmore, and he goes to, to try to find, you know, where this music could have been written, some kind of manuscript, some kind of notation. I mean, it had to start somewhere. Someone wrote it down eventually. So he basically is doing his research. He interviews someone who says his father saw the tune in this old hymnal, <laughs> and there's kind of no proof about it. But he says that he he has found it in this old hymnal, 
And this rumor kind of spreads that the tune that Helmore has written really isn't the tune that was like, quote unquote, found with no proof. Oh. Right. So Helmore maybe just made up yeah. the tune, made yeah. up something that he thought sounded good. And and then um, pretended you know, it was super old. Right. Gave it this like gothic glamour saying right. that he was the one who found it. And there was really no way to disprove it because it was him talking to this other guy about his father, you know. So he kind of a lot of people attributed it to him for finding it, but mm-hmm. a lot of people thought that it could have been a hoax. Yeah, yeah. some nefarious dealings. Yeah, it's like the 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 guys who are digging up Oak Island for like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, in the 1960s, this woman named Oh my gosh, not yeah. even that long ago. No. This woman named Mary Be- Berry was doing her research in 1966, she found the tune. She was in the National Library in Paris. Oh. And she found this 15th century processional that had been owned by these French Franciscan nuns. Right. And she found the tune. The melody was written like 400 years before Helmore. So Helmore was actually telling the truth. And she wrote, his honor is vindicated. Oh, (laughs) she did. Yeah. This Mary Berry is Mm -hmm. kind of a fascinating individual. So she was in England. She was born like right during World War I. She graduated around World War II. So after... Her education, she actually entered a convent, and she took the name of Mary Thomas Moore. Mm. Um, During World War II, the sisters in the convent, they were kind of just, like, pushed out of town by the war. They just had to keep going. She went from, like, England to France to Portugal, and then she she was a nurse, so she would actually help for the British Red Cross. She must have seen so much. I know. She returned to England, Mm -hmm. and she dedicated her life to studying music and Gregorian chant. She received her doctorate in musicology at Cambridge University. Wow. She was allowed to exclaustrate. What's that? Yikes. What's yeah. that? This el- exclaustration. She was allowed to leave her 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 vows, vows? as being a nun. She was oh. allowed to live out the rest of her life outside of the convent. Exclaustrate. Exclaustrate. Out of the cloister. Yeah, yeah. It's the and it's an official authorization from the Catholic Church and she was allowed to pursue her music and her academics. And she became like this leading expert of chant music. Wow. And we have this really cool local connection. Because she came to Massachusetts. She did. She came to Massachusetts. There's a church in Orleans right on Cape Cod called the Church of the Transfiguration. That's not far from us at all. I totally want to go. Yep. And they actually have this choir where all they do is sacred sacred chants. And she actually came to teach them. Oh, my gosh. Yes. She was here in Massachusetts. They have maintained that Gregorian chant, that that ancient liturgical music and text that a lot of the Catholic Church churches have moved away from. Right. In fact, it's so funny because we were saying put the things in the language of the people, make right. sure that the people can understand it. No, she really felt like she didn't want to sort of work <laughs> for the church anymore because they were taking away this Latin text, which is what she dedicated her life to right. studying. Right. So so I thought she was really interesting. So she, she um, ends up passing away in the year 2008. I mean, she mm. was a college professor, right. a conductor. She was this expert in chant music. Yeah, and you know, we when we were in our undergrad yeah. for, for our bachelor's in music mm-hmm. that we have, we had to get the New Grove Dictionary of Music and Musicians. Right, it was a big book. Huge book, published in 1980. And she wrote 22 articles for it. 
Wow. And there's an online version now, yeah. and 20 of them are still under her name. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, so it sounds like she did a lot with all of the churches that were in her, her area, right. and she even cr- crossed the ocean mm-hmm. to do work with a church mm-hmm. in in uh, Massachusetts. Right. So if you're looking her up, you know, she's Mar- Dr. Mary Berry, Berry. Mm-hmm. Um, but her nun name was Mother Thomas Moore. Yeah. So, of course— we, we have this tune. And it, we wouldn't have it at all if someone didn't change the words to English. Right. Exactly what Mary Berry didn't want us right. to do. She was probably mad about yeah, this she guy. She probably was mad. But um, we have John Mason Neal. He's the translator. Yep. We, we really attribute all of our verses to him. Yep. He was born on January 24th, 1818. Yeah. And he died in 1868. Didn't live that long. No, no. But he did a lot. He did. He was an Anglican priest. Mm-hmm. He was a hymn writer. So we know him today because he he translated O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Right. But we found out that he also was the hymn writer for... Good, Good King, King Wenceslas, which is a great Christmas hymn. Right. We should do that one of these days. We could. <laughs> um, he, but he translated so many songs that I that I knew. I right. Mean, this guy, he's no two-bit translator. No, he's not. He's very smart. <laughs> he translated Good Christian Men Rejoice. Mm. One of my favorites. Yep. Come Ye Faithful, Raise the Strain. All Glory, Lot, and Honor. Mm. The Day of Resurrection. And of the Father's love begotten, which has oh, a very chant like great one, and quality it does sound, to it. Yeah. So he's a hymn writer. He's an Anglican priest, mm-hmm. and he did so much. He founded a nursing order of Anglican nuns. Yeah. He helped social welfare organizations care for orphans and young women. Mm-hmm. He was the warden of Sackville College. Right. <laughs> he yeah. translated early and medieval Greek and Latin hymns. Right. I read that his Greek translations were more like adaptations. Okay. And the Latin is more like a direct translation. So, cool. yeah. Cool. All right. So we're pretty much wrapping up, Cal. I know. You know, we talked a little bit about what the Bible said and how yeah. it inspired this hymn mm-hmm. and how a lot of the scripture verses that we quoted were about were from the Old, Old Testament. Testament. Making the prophecy about Jesus being born, Mm -hmm. but then also in Revelation, making the prophecy about Jesus coming back. Mm -hmm. You know, so we sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel in Advent, but we could sing it all year because it's also that we are waiting for Jesus to return. Each of the verses have a double meaning. I mean, we could have a whole podcast on how it's talking about Jesus from the first coming and then also how it's talking about Jesus in the second coming. And we've talked about that in other hymns. Right. They all have another meaning. Jesus is coming back. (laughs) In Advent, you guys, we are celebrating the birth of our Savior and preparing our hearts and growing in excitement for Jesus' return. Jesus is God with us. Emmanuel, he has not only come in history, but he's coming again. Right. And so we celebrate that. We have a God and a Savior who is alive and who has promised to return, to bring us to him. How, how many people can say they have that kind of promise? No, we have that assurance. That's the blessed assurance that we talked about with <laughs> Fanny too. Crosby. And I guess this week one of Advent that we just had, which focuses on hope, I guess that's what this gives us, is that we have hope that Jesus will return. Right. And so even in the weirdest of Christmas seasons with the strange pandemic and not being able to do the traditions that we usually do, 
you know, again, we are clinging to what we know to be true. Right. And we have that hope. Yep. That doesn't change. Yep. God loves us. He sent his son, and he will send him again. All right. So we're just going to end with this hymn. It's arranged by the pers- the woman who's playing the piano. Her okay. name is Heather Cowan. And the vocals are by this fantastic singer named John Bartholomew. So mm. please listen. Please worship. I think you're really going to love it. Oh, Enjoy. Shall come to thee, O Israel.
again, thank you to the team at Music Ministry in yes. the United Kingdom. That's John Bartholomew singing and Heather Cowan doing the piano. We'll put their information up on our Facebook yeah. page if you want to get more information yeah. on them. It's nice to hear something different. Oh, that, I love that, especially a man's voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're so excited for the next few weeks. We yep. have some Advent hymns, we have some Christmas carols, and you have to get your vote in. That's so right. So get to Facebook and Twitter and vote. Okay. And we'll leave you with a scripture verse. So this is from Romans, and it is a benediction, mm. and it has an Advent feel to it. Okay. To me. Let's so it. you listen to it, and you see if it reminds you of Advent. And this is our farewell. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. We hope you have the hope of the Advent season in your hearts today. Have a great week, everyone. We loved sharing this hymn with you. Yeah. See you next time. Keep singing. <laughs>